With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Come one, come all to the Hockey Buzzcast today. Welcome. We have, uh, it's a story of a lovely lady. Um, anyway, <laughs> you look a little like the Brady Bunch. That, awesome. that makes you Florence Henderson. Huh? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Sometimes that's not, you're not the first person. To say uh, Russ, can, Russ, what do you have to say? Just, just a quick note. You know, like yeah. in hockey, we always talk about, grudge games that come up during the year from things from previous seasons. And the NFL has one that's coming up and and it seems like the Steelers are kind of trying to downplay it because one miles Garrett from the Cleveland Browns beat their backup quarterback over the head with a helmet. And, and they're like, no, 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 we're, we're past that. We're not going to do anything. And I'm like, I think there'll be something going on in that game. It might not be overt, but whether it's in the offensive line in the trenches or something, I, I think there's going to be some dirty play because that, that was one of the dirtiest plays in the last you know yeah. couple of years. They'll they'll throw them a, they'll throw them a towel laced with COVID. You know something's going to happen. These teams don't like each other to begin with, but I just like the fact that they were playing it down and and when we see a play down in hockey, it always manifests at some point. And this is probably the only shot they've got. So to me, that's the game to watch this week. There you go. I miss the good old fashioned days of you know. Of the Colorado Red Wings, you know, stuff that, you know, that you used to have, like, you know, the big fights. I heard, I heard one of these was on next time the other day. They were, they were replaying the highlight of Chris Draper, like Peter Forsberg, all kinds of crazy stuff going on. And man, that was, that was when, that was when ho- revenge was revenge. That's when really, that's when you really had something in hockey. Yeah. I, I've got a pre, uh, pre show note. I yeah, spent yeah. the uh, uh, morning and part of the afternoon with a guy that I'm, Sure, Russ is familiar with. I don't know if the rest of you will remember him, but uh, the great Willie Horton of the Detroit oh, Tigers. Oh, Horton, sure. Yeah, I've uh, I've wrote, written a couple of books with Willie, and we're talking about maybe doing a third book. Uh, I went to see him. He's going to turn eighty this uh, week. He looks, looks terrific. Uh, had eye surgery three days ago, and you wouldn't know it. Um, full of life and spunk, and uh, you know it's interesting, Russ. And I'd love to get your thoughts on this. I I've always felt the most menacing looking hitter and by that the intimidating pose as he stood in the batter's box i always thought it was eddie murray i thought he yeah. was the most intimidating yeah. hitter i ever saw but i thought willie horton was second you know he had that that you know not a wiggle a waggle with his yeah. back and uh, he stood in there he always looked mean when he he stared out back at the pitcher and he dug in with his cleats you know pretty heavily yeah and i would always see him when he played the yankees but they played the tigers quite a bit yeah. back in the old days and and I, he was probably a DH at that point, or or first base. Was he first base at that point? Oh, who? Uh, Horton no. after Freeham was gone, maybe. No, no, yeah, no, he didn't play any first base. Uh, so, so DH, so DH. Yeah, he was a DH. But yeah. I do remember him being pretty intimidating, having great power. Like he, he had tremendous power. But I still kind of have to give the edge to Eddie Murray. And, yeah. and Eddie oh, yeah. Murray, he took that to the golf course. I know somebody that golfed with him, and what you saw. Like in in his playing days on the field, he he took that to the golf course too. Like nobody liked him even playing golf. I, I always thought I always thought Don Baylor was very. In- Baylor's a good one. Intimidating. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, and, and, I and, him behind 
And the and the thing is, yeah. is, I think he led the major leagues in all time in being hit by the pitch until somebody, I think Biggio broke it. And I'm like, if I was a pitcher and I hit Don Baylor, I'd be running for the outfield fence. You know, one more guy, Stargell with the yeah. with the bat waggle and the tremendous home run power. He he may not have been like feared with the scowl, but he was feared with just pitching the wrong pitch. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, sure, but it's you, you can't be medicine if you do that windmill thing with the bat. Yeah, I mean, did it when he got older, not when he was younger, more so when he got older. Yeah, I that was a little yeah, bit yeah, like a showman. Like, yeah. like in terms of intimidation with what they were going to do to you, I mean, there were guys more <laughs> intimidating than Murray and Horton. Yeah, but I'm just talking about how they looked. Okay, uh, all right, when, when they stepped in and and, and Stargell was menacing looking particularly I think Jan's right early in his career um but you know once once he got that windmill thing with the bat it, it you know it looked like the circus had come to town like he was a great hitter yes. oh yeah. yeah two guys yeah. that come to mind is goalie FP right said Gary Sheffield because Sheffield also oh, had the bat yeah. and, and when he got mm -hmm. when he got locked in and the other guy honestly was Dave Parker in the Bob. For sure, all those guys are yeah. in the conversation. Parker in the box, uh, just looking out was scary as anything yeah. when he was in his prime. Yeah, Roger Roger Clemens was intimidating to Piazza. So, <laughs> right. on the mound, the most intimidating. You don't want to know my opinion on Roger Clemens, Mike. No, it was Bob Gibbs for sure. It's Bob, I, I, I was, with, with Dave Stewart was, as a pretty, yeah. with Dave Stewart as a pretty close runner. Yeah, Stewart was close. Stewart well, was pretty close. And, and Stewart had just enough wildness. Mm -hmm. Right, had, exactly. You yeah. didn't know where he was and, going. And he, clo he clearly had the scowl on the mound. That's for sure, Stewart. That's yeah. what I'm saying. He just he was frightening. There was something. I'll tell you one of my favorites. That's One of my favorites in that category, and he's on Facebook, and we're just Facebook friends. Was Al Roboski because you didn't know what he was yeah. going to do. Bad Hungarian. Bad Hungarian. Yep. Yeah. I, I love <laughs> That's a great nickname. One of the I great love, nicknames. I love, <laughs> I love Senior Smoke. I really love that. I'm sorry. If you're going that direction, there's only one guy, and it's got to be Mitch Williams because you had no idea where the ball was going. Oh, that's right. The ball. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't mean to turn this into baseball today. Yeah, I like it. No, I like it. I mean, I, you're actually mentioning guys that I remember watching. Playing. Yeah. I had to look up Horton's numbers, and they were even better than what I thought. So that's good. Yeah, I mean, he was a good player. Uh, uh, you know, a very good player. A lot of RBIs. 1,100 RBIs. I mean, well, it's it's interesting. Is he was often a, uh, you know, Mayo Smith in particular would replace him um, in the outfield and, and in big games, late innings, and that he yet. The, the the play he's most remembered about is throwing a you know Lou Brock out at home in the and uh, that play I'm not even that familiar with. Yeah, well, no, it was, it was a big uh, yeah. You know, if he scores, they end up taking a two or three okay lead, and he guns them out. And in fact, we just talked about this again today, even though I you know obviously know the story, and you know he, it was all about a scouting report that um, he had with Freehand before the game. They had talked about that. The scouts had noticed that he was getting a little lackadaisical because uh, he knew he could beat any throw ah. on when he was on second base and there was a line drive to left field. And so yeah. they realized that. And he was so used to He was so fast uh, that, you know, he didn't have to slide. And so, of course, he didn't slide. And, uh, and Horton gunned him out. And the photo that the AP had captured it all, you could just see the actual call because uh, Freehand was blocking the plate and has got the ball and tagging him out, and the guy's, you know, Lou Brock's foot was not on home plate. So the call was genuine. Excellent. excellent. Okay, let's All start. right, here, here we go. I'm going to get into some crazy other other fun cap space things today. There's nothing like it. I do have a little news out of Ottawa, too, Act. That's yeah. important. 
We'll get to that. We'll get to that too. Just to let you know. Yep. For the Hockey World, it is Friday, October 16th, 2020. I'm Michael Agello, and my brother is a Cardinals fan, and to this day he hates Mickey Lolich and Don Dankinger. <laughs> I'm Jan Levine. It's nice to have Anthony back again. Yes. Aw. Thanks. Thanks, Jan. Okay. That's very nice of you. I'm going to wake up for Mike. <laughs> Leave all the vitriol for everybody else. I'm Anthony Magioni from All the Post Radio. Russ Cohen from Sportsology. <laughs> Kevin Allen. And I'm Eklund. You're watching the Hockey Buzz Guest on HockeyBuzz.com. We are one week after UFA free agency now. And uh, it feels like just yesterday that we did that long show for free agency. And yet, you know, it was a whole week ago, which is astonishing to me. Um, this has been a fun week. Uh, I really have enjoyed I've, enjoyed. I've enjoyed this draft and free agent period more than any other I've ever recovered. I don't know why that is, but it's just maybe it's because it was quick. Probably a lot of it had to do with I was getting to work with Kevin during this period, you know, which has been incredibly fun. But just the whole thing of it has just been a blast. And yet it's still not over. We still have 30 players on my trade rumor chart, which is, which is kind of crazy. There's yeah, a better, lot, to get, there's a better, lot to get done. You better hope it's not over for another couple months because we're not playing until January. Oh, I know. But the, the funny – and that's very true. And I'm all for players taking their time to sign. But I um, I really am, like, saying – I mean, I'm when I look at my rumor chart, these are 30 legitimate players that I don't think are going to be where they are. You know, and this is like – that's – or, you know, or some of them don't aren't anywhere at all. So, so you know, yesterday or a couple of days ago, I went into the uh, chart and I updated all these players. And then today what I was doing was I was going through the cap space of every team and, and seeing what they needed and what they had left per player, you know, and how many players they had signed. And it is kind of fascinating. Like the Ducks, the Anaheim Ducks are an interesting one, right? They've got they've got 22 players signed, which is basically what you need, 22 players. But they only have one goalie signed, you know, so – They've got no money. They've got zero cap space. So you know they're going to be doing something, right? I mean, well, let's, let's start off with this because I heard this statistic. And yeah. I, think Elliot, I think Elliot Friedman mentioned it this morning. It's something like 90 and a half percent yeah, of the 92 available. actually. Yeah, available. 92%. Percent, um, based on what I saw on, um, on CapGeek, and it was 92% actually. And, uh, and that is something, you know, like that is really, really something. Um, so uh, the the so when you look around look around some of these teams, the one that jumps out at me right away is the Boston Bruins. Okay, the Boston Bruins have like you know twenty one players signed, two goalies signed. Uh, they've got fourteen forwards, five defense. They probably could use a defense a, a defender, you know, signed another good defender to come in. And they're sitting there with like one player basically needed and tw- and almost thirteen million dollars in cash space, and that is not Boston Bruin like. <laughs> it's like to me that is that is. So either something went wrong or we're missing something, Kevin. What do you think is going well, on? You know, first of all, um, unless I missed this today while I was out and about, you know, they either have to re-sign Jake DeBrusque or trade him for a player who's going to come back for him. You know, he's not going to be inexpensive. Right. You know, right. we we haven't even discussed the fact that Chara uh, is still out there. And the something there, yeah. is that he's going to come back and play with Boston. So, you know, he's not a big ticket anymore, but he's a ticket. Uh, right. Well, you know, they have those two guys to worry about. I, I think they're still sort of trying to get a handle on what the, the Tuka Rass situation is for them now and moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to start planning in that regard. But saying all that, I, you know, I said recently on a radio interview, if I'm looking at a, 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 for, a for a team that I think I don't know what their plan is, I completely agree with you. I, yeah. What was Boston's plan? Was it to try to get Taylor Hall and they didn't get him? Was it try to get Peter Angelo? And if so, 
Why did they allow Tory Crew to to get away? That's a, and, and you know the weird yeah. the, the way they let Tory Crew go too. Like they, they apparently didn't make a new offer. They made an offer last year at six point five million. The rumor is they didn't make a new offer to Tory Crew, who wanted to stay there, completely well, wanted to stay there. And everyone has been a great soldier. And yeah, Char is going to come back for a little, you know, probably for a little bit. I mean, there have been teams. I, the Flyers did talk to Zdeno Chara, which yeah. I thought was incredible that I could actually put Zdeno Chara on the rumor chart for the first time in his career. But I could. Um, well, and I want to get, get Anthony's uh, point of view on this before he has to go. Um, the Bruins have acted weird because they put that offer out to Krug and then they pulled it back. That was that was the report. The report coming out of Boston was they offered it before free agency on October the 9th, and then yeah. pulled it back. And then he got the same AAV out of out of St. Louis with yeah, the ex, right. with the extra year. So right. basically, basically, once the door was closed to to Boston, he went out in the market and got the same amount. And was you know, I mean, I, I'm assuming he wanted to stay in Boston, but they clearly didn't want to spend six and a half million dollars on a like a smallish power play type of defenseman. But honestly, it's like, look at their defense now. Yeah, it's it, it's a strange thing without question. I mean, seeing the, again, as, as you stated, the all the reports were of what the deal was. Just an extra year is, is enough to, to, to make crew go. But I think we've all, he said it afterwards. We yeah, all saw yeah. the quote that, you know, they didn't contact. And no, how, he was, he was how, would, how would we feel as individuals if, you know, the team you've really just, you know, done blood, sweat, and tears for it, pardon the cliche, right. literally gives you one offer, and then after that you hear no communication. You're going to leave on principle. At that point, you're going to feel a certain way and leave on principle. And there are very few more unsung guys than Tory Krug has been in Boston. Like He really has given them good stuff without really ever taking the credit for anything. <laughs> We're joined now by... Yeah, my pit bull. <laughs> horrible. Um, I'm going to show you my puppy before the end of the show. My puppy's going to make a pre- make a make an appearance for the end of the yeah. show. Um, all right, so yeah, so Kevin, the other thing about that is, and Anthony, um, to follow up on what you're saying, there was a press conference that was like a crazy press conference that was canceled out of the middle of nowhere in Boston and moved really later, which, which, which implied, <laughs> weird echoes, sorry, which implied at the time that um, that they were up to something, and I, I kind of thought it was Taylor Hall. It seemed like it had to be Taylor Hall, um, or maybe it was. You know, maybe it was Petrangelo because Petrangelo signed right after that too. It was one of those two players. I have to believe that thirteen million dollars is sitting there with the intention at one point of it being used by those players. I don't know. I mean, I, I I saw that they had one scheduled and moved it. A lot of GMs were doing that though, so I never really thought much of it. I don't think that there was anything. The in play. I thought it was because the Ty Anderson thought something of it. Okay, and Ty. Being with tied with the new t- tie, being tied with the with the radio station there in Boston, mm-hmm. that usually yeah, means there are always conspiracy people out there. I know, Boston. but they are. That whole definitely is a conspiracy theorist to to yes. the hill. There's no two ways about that. I, I'll buy that. You know that. I know that, but at the same time, I think that you know, I mean, there was something else up. And yeah, I mean, but you remember they were all updating what was going on with them in free agency. So I just think that yeah, maybe if they had one conversation or something, they moved it back. But I never really thought much. Yeah, of it. I, I, I don't think they thought they had one of those players. Yeah. yeah. But you think you think they were holding back that money for the possibility of it? Yeah. Oh, I think they were. You know, I thought yeah. they felt like they had a chance to get one of the, the you know, the the heavy hitters. But 
you know, obviously they did. And now with they, all that money there, with all the money, at Hoffman, he's still sitting there. Right, with all that money sitting out yet. there, Hoffman, yeah. you've got, you've got, um, you know, um, the defense, you know, the defenseman, the Vatnin, the Vatnin. No, but the idea is that's got great. That they could get for very little right now. Yeah, but forgetting about free agents, they have to sign Chara because at some point this guy could leave if he doesn't. If I'm guessing they haven't given him the right offer. Yeah, I know. I know that. I know that some of the writers in Ottawa think that there's a possibility of him going back to Ottawa. Yeah, I mean, who's going to go home again? Yeah. You never say never in this world, but you have to believe. Is Wade Redden will join him? You, yeah. you have to believe. He's got the Rangers money still. Chris Phillips. <laughs> that Boston has to give him some sort of an offer. I'm I'm assuming they haven't given him uh, one that he's liked. I don't think it's an offer. I think, as Zach said, it's. It's more so showing the guy who's your captain that there's a level of interest there and that yeah. you have a strong right, desire. I, to I think the money may be somewhat secondary. It's a matter of how you recognize this place within the organization. That's fair. Well, let's yeah. say that. I mean, I, and I would, and, and uh, opinions on this. I think that Sweeney and Chara and Neely and that, that group of characters have talked this out already. And Chara knows what he's wanted. And Chara's sitting back waiting, for, knows what knows yeah. so much money they could offer. And they probably said, yeah, if somebody else can really offer you a lot more, go to it, go to it. But he said, I'm not going to go anywhere. You, you can see this conversation happening. Just go get your go get your business done. Come back to me. Put the best team you can on the ice. Like I, I don't. I, that's how I see Chara working this. I don't see that. I don't see Chara sitting there thinking he's not being taken care of. I don't I, think I, that's well. I, I would be stunned, Kev, if 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 Chara was playing anywhere else next year. I mean, the th the thing is, though, I believe he's forty three now. The days of him playing twenty five minutes a night are over with. Maybe you know, maybe the fact that you know they have to sort of transition to McAvoy and Grizzlick and, and Jeremy Lawson and their younger defensemen, and maybe bring somebody in in free agency who's out there still, like Hamannick or or Vatnin. I mean, I think they have to do that. And I can't. I just can't see Don Sweeney all of a sudden saying we're going to do a reset. Yeah, I would say that I agree with Eklund, but I'm going to add a, a, a but. Okay. Like, you know, Matt Cater, uh, who I've known, who's a, uh, you know, a strong agent. He's certainly not like Alan Walsh. He's never going to go be over the top mm -hmm. in anything. But he was quoted by Pierre Lebrun mm -hmm. as saying, we're going to explore all options. Now, I don't think Matt would have said that if this was all worked out. Yeah, um, I yeah, think he would have just stayed mum. Um, now I haven't talked to Matt in a while, um, but uh, um, I, I I think there might you know it it comes down to respect. And even though I think everybody sort of knows generally where Char should be, and I agree with you in that regard. Like they've talked before, like you know when you know when we bring you back, you know we won't we won't be able to pay you you know six million. It's going to be in the two or three million range. That yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. I you know they're. You, you still want to feel loved, and yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a respect. And they're not, they're not showing them that so far. Yeah, think no they take his calls. I mean, they, they take his calls. It's not like they're not taking his calls. If he no, calls. no, I, no this is they I, have all these injuries and all these other problems. You've got this guy who is really the the biggest name on your team, other than Bergeron, and he's just sitting out there, sort of just like, yeah, all right, I, I guess I'll wait. But he's yeah, not be be done. It'd be done. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, would you put him unless you're the one who does the books of great time, great all time people? He's in the top hundred Bruins all time. Oh, players. absolutely. You know, it might he's be. In the, he's in the top three, or top four Bruins defensemen of all time. Yeah, he might be in the top ten. I mean, there's a lot of Bruins. So there's a lot of Bruins. But he's sure Bobby or Ray Bork. 
Yeah. All right. So let's move to the next team that never has cap space <laughs> and is sitting out there with cap space right now, which is another crazy thing. And that would be the Chicago Blackhawks. All right. The Blackhawks never have cap space. I mean, they've been over the cap. They've paid fines. They've paid different things. They have two players left to sign, and they're sitting on $18.8 million in cap space. The Chicago friggin' Blackhawks. Well, they're probably seeing if they could trade for a goalie, and they would have to take on some salary if they do that. There's no way that Bowman's happy with those goalies, but right now he had to go with that. So that's where I think that that cap space is going to be saved for. That's a lot of cap space for a goal. Well, but act, okay, act, no, I mean not all that. You got to pay two players too. Just to just to correct the act, they have almost that amount in deadline cap space in terms of current cap space, which is what you have to go out. And they have about five million. dollars Five million is what I see. Also, Wait, right? no, wait where am I? Where am I pulling this off at? Then I'm pulling it off. Thing here, um, but, but but you know, but the the point is made. I mean, right now, unless you're unless you're moving Seabrook to long term IR. And freeing up six point eight million dollars. Which they can't. Well, that a good point in the chat room. That must be what I'm talking. That must be if why Calgary's looking to dump Riddich. That might be someone the Blackhawks would yeah, be willing to. There's two issues that work here. First of all, they don't have that amount of cap space. They're, you know, they're they're kind of tight. Um, all right, let me go back to that because I'm confused. I'm going to do some research. Continue. Yeah, um, but also, what are they doing there? You know, uh, are they rebuilding? Yeah. Yeah. Or or are they trying to sort of change on the fly? Are they in between? Like, what are they doing there? And they really haven't told their players what they're doing. Which I think, right. I think Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tate want to know that also. It's yeah. like. <laughs> and I think that's that's part of the issue there. Um, if you look at um, uh, what Rocky Wirtz has done, uh, he's moved a lot of people out. Really, the only person who's still there is Stan Bowman. Right. Uh, uh, otherwise, everybody's, uh, um, you know, kind of moved. So as, as Rocky Ward's thinking, you know, maybe it's time to kind of retool. And if you're retooling, well, the first thing you do is, is you, you, you know, you stop spending to the cap. So, right. um, the, so funny, the, the, the funny thing is, Kev, and I just looked at it right now, and I, you know, when we remember when Kane and Tabe signed those eight-year extensions, right. there's, still, there's only three years left on them. Oh, I know. And it's it's you know so I mean we think oh my god it's going to be so difficult for them to trade if if all of a sudden Jonathan Taves or Patrick Kane asked out how difficult it would be to trade them maybe not if you retain half the salary retain some of it well you yeah, yeah. first of all you could trade Kane even at ten million oh sure. yeah no yeah I, you know Taves maybe you'd have to take some salary but even so people would love to have Taves yeah um, you know he's a captain he's a leader he's you know yeah like there's nothing wrong. With the Taves and Kane contracts, it's no. the Seabrook, Duncan yeah. Keith contracts that got him yeah. in trouble, particularly Seabrook, and you know Seabrook, you know who was so valuable to that team during their uh, uh, their run. Um, yeah, just think, you know, like he was better always in the postseason yeah. uh, than he was even in the regular season, and now all of a sudden, boy, you know, he's just a real drag on. He the, just took a beating. Yeah, on the on the cap. You know, situation. He played hard minutes. He, you know, he played tough hockey. Time has not been kind to him, nor Duncan Keith. More so, obviously, Seabrook than Keith. Right. Keith still is, I'd say, mildly effective. But you look at the pipeline in that organization, and I'm yeah. not quite sure. They may have a very, they may have a decently long fallow period because you don't see a ton of guys coming up in that system no. that are difference makers based upon what you see. I mean, I mean other I think than Bolquist, you're right. I, oh, I think Kirby Dodge. I mean, after well, Dodge, yes, Dodge, I yeah, he's on the team already. 
right yeah. but i mean he's 19 he's 19 i'm just saying it's like yeah. you know, he, he's gonna he's gonna ascend into a probably a second line center role this year and then you have Tate, you know you have taves and dodge one two that's and you know and and probably Dylan Strom is a three unless they trade him off someplace. It, it's so, defensively, which, I was thinking about it. it really, yeah, is Broquist right. and Ian Mitchell, and then a bunch of guys. All right, right. so next team, and this is this. Which, I'm never getting that number wrong. After last year to let Crawford go and yeah. not bring back Delia, right? It just doesn't make any sense because right. they look like in the playoffs that they could do some damage if they got another guy offense, especially if Crawford repeated what he did. To go right. this direction, they kind of look like they're pulling the plug a little bit. And apparently they only offered Crawford a one-year deal, so he right. walked. Um, so moving on, moving on to a next team here, okay? Because that even that that number could be that number is you know, like you say, with depending on what they put Seaberg and all that stuff. But here's a team that I think I have right, which is the New York Rangers cap space, okay? Which is you know they they did a, they made a couple of really nice signings here in the last day or so, um, yeah. but their cap they they are sitting now for the Rangers, another team that usually spends to their credit card limits. <laughs> You know, um, they're sitting there with eleven, almost eleven million dollars. Yeah. No, really. not that much. Bonus, not really, because you have, you, have the, you, have, you have you have the bonus you have the bonus yeah. cushion that you need to factor in. Right. Okay, right. give me the bonus cushion. Five million, which brings them down to about seven, and they still got to resign Strom and Lemieux. Right. Okay, so seven. They got those two players. They might have two million bucks when you're all set. Right. Uh, okay. Maybe. All right. Okay. They got um, nothing. They got nothing. They got nothing. All right. So let's talk about teams who have a ton of caps. Right. I will tell you this. That doesn't mean they weren't looking at these other guys on the market because I was told that they may have been looking at some of those other guys, but, you know, things got too rich. Well, here's the story of all, though, that we haven't talked about, and that is is that we know that they shopped D'Angelo. We know that because yeah. we've talked to general managers who, you know, talked to them about yeah. uh, that as possible. seems like they were committed they were going to do that, um, you know, primarily, I think, just for salary cap. So. Yeah. You know, the trade they made with the Red Wings um, when they moved out stall, that basically, in my opinion, saved D'Angelo. It did. Uh, yes. Yeah. You know, and what a, what a shrewd move that was. It was yeah, really they kept report. him under five, which was smart. I, I felt like they were going to do that because if they kept him under five, then they definitely were keeping Strom under five. And Strom, I'd be surprised if he's a two-year. I'm sure he's going to be a one-year because I don't think they're thrilled with him, but I don't know if they have a choice at this point. Well, they, they've they've talked about walking away. Yeah, uh, I don't think they can, though. Well, but but it's funny. So this year, remember, it's just like nuance because yeah. you offer X, he all he, he asked for Y. Right. Let's say the arbitrator awards over, I think it's $4.538 million. The player now has four days where he can come back and accept the offer that the team made him. Right. So even though you can quote unquote walk away if the if the award goes above that amount, the Rangers are going to have to come in probably in the four million dollar range. And if Strom, seeing what the marketplace is like, doesn't think he's getting that figure, he may come back and say, "I know you guys turned me down, but you know what? I'll take your four million and pay for you for a year." Right. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right because he's going to look around and see yeah. that Craig Smith took less to play for the Boston right. Bruins than he did for the Nashville Predators, and there are other guys. You know, yeah, obviously the t the forwards like the the. The tone of this year's free agent marketplaces was, you know, we're going to play pay for defensemen. We're not going to pay for forwards. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. You guys, you know, we want you, and we'll take you, but on our terms. Well, right. we never yeah, pay for the, 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 the interesting thing about that is, you know, obviously since the last time we we talked, you know, Taylor Hall signs one year, eight million with the Sabers, and now the indicators out there is that Hoffman is 
open to a one-year deal. And the, the calculation out there is that the free agent class in terms of forwards for next year is so bad is. that these that these guys will take a one-year deal, roll the dice, hope they didn't go, don't get hurt, and try to hit it big next year because they're just not going to get paid this year. I mean, those guys will be the top two guys next year. Um, yeah. Unless unless Ryan Nugent Hopkins is out there and he's not extended. He's by not, yeah. But yeah, but you know, but so Hall's definitely assuring himself. Besides Ovechkin, who's a, who's a UFA, but he'll be yep. signed. Obviously, it's a risky thing though because you saw what happened with Dak Prescott. Like you, that can happen oh, yeah. to a player. So let's talk it's about a couple teams here that have a ton of cap space and are you know are are obviously the lesser teams in the league. Okay, um, and that would be you know so the t- the three teams that are over eighteen million right now, according to Cap Friendly. I'm going to start short my sources here so we can you know know that I'm not just like pulling these out of my butt here. The three teams that are over eighteen million are the Senators, the Red Wings, and the Devils. Yep. And the interesting thing about that is you know the the Red Wings. I mean the Senate, the Senators, and the Devils um, both have a lot of contracts to sign. Both are sitting there like the Senators have thirty five of fifty of their fifty contracts, nineteen of their twenty three on the roster. Um, the Devils have 15 of 23 for their roster. So the Devils still have a ton of players to sign, 37 contracts of their 50. But the Red Wings are sitting there at 20 of 23 with 43 contracts. Yeah, but and that, what, well, go ahead, go ahead, Kevin. Two, two of them are Bertuzzi and Anthony Mantha. Right, right. So right. it's not so much the number of contracts, it's who they are. Right. Right. The interesting part for me for all three, I think all three have improved themselves this offseason. Yeah. I think Ottawa is clearly on an upward ascension. You have to like what New Jersey did. Look, adding Crawford clearly helps them between the pipes with Blackwood. Right. They added Ryan Murray, who was a nice addition also. So, right. they, they, I mean, again, and you you counter that on top of the moves, you know, adding Alexander Holtz in the draft this year right. was another nice move. Um, they added um, they added Andres Johansson when they got from, from them. So, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you look up and the Devils are starting to become, I don't know if they're a destination, but clearly a team with Fitzgerald running them that is a much better team run than they were a year and a half ago. They're a destination, big money. They're no, a destination no. because they have the cap space. That's right. Why. Yeah. right. But, but they're willing to use it. All, all three some of them. Of it. Right. But, but some of it, but on a short-term basis, all three of these teams over the last week or last week and a half traded for DeBranson, Ryan Murray, uh, uh, Detroit with, uh, with Mark Stahl. They all added one-year contracts to get to the cap floor and now next year, those those players are unrestricted free agents, and they have this money to spend all over again. So yeah. you know they're at, they're they're improving themselves with these players, but they're going to flip them at the deadline. Yeah, Eck, you yeah. mentioned Ottawa. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like Kevin and I were saying off air, they I, I was talking to someone in Ottawa. Yeah, they're the fans are excited about Dayton out there. Melnick is is making proclamations again, but actually, for as much as we knew that the downtown. Uh, arena deal was dead. There's another new deal now that may be cropping up in Canada of all places. Now, the thing that (laughs) is puzzling, even to the person that was telling me, is like, well, they have a light rail system that in two years will finally be going to the, uh, to the rink there because they've never had, they're like one of the only places in the world that doesn't have a, any kind of yeah. railroad system. And yeah. they're other than Nassau Coliseum. Yeah, Nassau Coliseum, I was going to say, that's a, that's a legendary one. Cause well, I took, there will be one now though. I took public yes, there'll be one now. There was one now. The mayor my story of public transportation from my house. Okay, so just let me finish. Then you can Coliseum at some point. But, You'll be amazed. But the Coliseum, you know, we'll have it this year, but yeah. they didn't have it for a long time. And so, yeah. Now I they're kind of rethinking this to keep Ottawa there. So there is kind of a push now to keep the Sens. And I do kind of think, Kev, it's based off of this optimism in the draft and the players that maybe now they're getting back to the bargaining table. 
Yeah, and I think you have to look at those three teams differently in terms yeah. of their cap space and, and all the other teams. Like, even though they got a lot of cap space, nobody thinks that they're going to just clean up and pick up off the, these players. Right. Thing. I would say the Red Wings uh, and Steve Eisenman have said publicly they, they might add another player. Uh, right. That's what he said. I, I think Ottawa might add another player. Uh, uh, maybe New Jersey as well. But you know, Eiserman has made it clear that you know now's not the time for him to spend his money. And yeah. um, I saw uh, Tom Fitzgerald's uh, 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 press conference as well, the one he did uh, on Zoom, and he basically didn't phrase it quite like that, but he was essentially saying the same thing. You know, you won't see us going. He said after Hoffman or any of the big scorers. Um, because, you know, we value the money we have. So I, I think even though they do have a lot of cap space, I don't see them as, you know, major contenders for the 30 guys that well, uh, you have left. Yeah, well, Kevin, yeah, what, I, what I think that all three of these general managers will do, I mean, remember a few years ago, I think it was Ray Shiro in, in, in New Jersey when um, Lee Stempniak was a, was a walk-on free agent. He brought him in, try out. He had a good year. He flipped him for a second round pick. Basically, he made a low investment and got paid off with a draft pick. With right. all these contracts out, out there, these teams are in positions to, to, to shop for bargains for guys that they can flip at the deadline. Now maybe they'll keep them. Maybe they'll maybe they'll sign them to the a only the only problem with that, Mike, is next year's draft could be a nightmare. Like Every league is starting late. Sure. We don't know if those dates are going to be good. Right. So you might be talking about all these guys that for these second round picks, talking about players playing half of what they used to. Correct. Right. I mean, I, I'll, I'll admit, I'll, I'll yeah. grant that. That's the only thing that could be a bugaboo. Now, yeah. I, I'm, you know, I'm looking at that, looking at that list, and after those bottom, those big three. Uh, the Buffalo Sabers are listed fourth, and I, yeah. I, you know, I've been I've been looking at the Sabers situation, and I've been talking to a few people, and it's like this is this is sort of smoke and mirrors here, and this is what I talked about with, with Taylor Hall. They signed Taylor Hall for one year, eight million dollars. They've now got about thirteen million under the cap. There have been a lot of reports, a lot of speculation that they have a budget that they're not going to go over, say, seventy million dollars. Yeah. They've got three restricted free agents in Reinhardt, Olson, and Almar. If they sign all three of them, they're going to be way over that mark. I'm waiting for possibly them trading Reinhardt or trading Olsen because, or or trading one of the defensemen. Because they're probably playing hardball with Reinhardt. That's the impression I get. It'll be interesting I, to see where that ends up. I talked to somebody up there, and it was the exact same conversation, Mike, that you're saying because you were dead on right about that. But they did tell me that Hall changed some things with that. Yeah. You know, for sure that now when, when Hall comes in, your, your, your budget, you'll put your budget up a little bit higher now because now you got Hall. Now you want to see what you can do. Now they see themselves as, Hey, we weren't that far out of the playoffs last year. Let's give it a shot. You know, like we, we were, you know, I mean, obviously with the new playoff format, they were the, with the 24, yeah, but I don't think that yeah. gets Ryan hurt a long-term contract. Right. They were one win out of a 24 team playoff. They were one team out of a 24 team playoff. No question about it. I know. But, yeah, you know it, it, it does you know, all this year. It does. It does alter it. Um, yeah. You know, that's the same thing that I'm hearing it that, uh, you know, they got Taylor Hall and, you know, how does it look to Taylor Hall right. and to Jack Eichel if you go out and get Taylor Hall to create this excitement and then you trade away Reinhardt, right. you know, like that, right. you know, you, you, I, you know, they, they want to be successful there and they want to sell tickets. 
So I, I don't see them trading Reinhardt. And as much as we say Hall's a one-year thing, and as much as that, you know, what he did appears every bit that they're not looking at it that way completely. I mean, they are they are saying that could very possibly happen, but they also then the Sabers have always had a, a a self-assured thing that this is a great place to play, and once someone comes here, they're going to realize this is a great place to play. And when you look at a lot of the a lot of older guys who played here, they've they've come back and lived here now because it's a great place to live. Yeah. Um, you know, Buffalo and I've St. Also, Louis. I, I, and St. Louis heard. are two cities that are kind of sneaky that way. Buffalo and St. Louis are both great Poor places Mike. where people end up living. Uh, yeah, but the the problem is with some of these players. So with some of these players, they say, "I want to play in Buffalo because I want to be as close to my family in Toronto." That's it's true. Sort of, it's sort of a second choice. You know, Jeff Skinner, if there was cap room in in Toronto, probably would have signed with the Leafs. Because yeah, Buffalo is like Toronto's NBC Suites. That's what they're like. It's like you can't stay in the big hotel, but you can stay at NBC. All right. So and I wanted to throw a rumor out there, guys. And I have I have a rumor for everybody. I have a rumor for everybody. And I want to throw this out there because this is the, the two things and one's Flyers related. I'm glad Anthony returned. Um, yesterday, Elliot Freeman was mentioning the Flyers had interest in Jacques Demers. Yes, not Jacques Demers. <laughs> Jason Demers. Jason Demers. Jason Demers. I apologize, Jacques. Awesome, Jacques. Um, but um, Jason Demers, okay, and um, I had also heard yesterday that they were getting close to a Gossip Spear trade, and that's what I when I tweeted out when I tweeted out stuff um, mm-hmm. saying look out the Flyers are up to something. That's what I was implying. Um, that's what I, that's what I was hearing. They didn't make it yet, um, but there's something else. There's something else in the works for the Flyers, and uh, that's for sure. Have you heard anything, Anthony? What are you What are you feeling about that? Nothing necessarily on those. I mean, the Gossip Spear. And I think the minute we Eric Gustafson signed with the Flyers, the yeah. comparison to Shane Gustafson came into play. And today, during pre, during his press availability, certainly Chuck Fletcher spoke to that and described yeah. him being not you know not carbon copies in terms of the, uh, the yeah. players that they are. And uh, in this circumstance, I would say there's still uh, there's still some definite comparison stylistically. Philadelphia needs to have another – I don't think that Philadelphia is ready to go into next season having Phil Myers on the top pair with, um, with Ivan Prova. They could do it, but I think it would be a bit more of a dice roll after yeah. uh, to do that. So Demare would be certainly someone that would fit, I think, the bill as a number three, number four defenseman. That yeah. would, be, I think, uh, give them that additional – an additional player, but then they're kind of looking at an overabundance on defense. But then again, they could potentially have the option of swinging Robert Hag in and out of the lineup, which, I mean, that's pretty darn good to have it at Robert Hag is potentially as your number seven uh, going into the season in that circumstance. So would yeah. be interesting if Demers is, is, is I, I could see him as a possibility. For- yeah, I can see. Him. I mean, and the other, so the other rumor that's flying around out there, and I wanted to get Kevin's thought on this is Patrick Line. His yeah. name is still flying around. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense after they got Peter. After they got Peter Paul Stastny, after they, I'm really, I'm really going. My my, my brain is like stuck. Well, in the um, after they got Paul Stastny, but um, but um, there are still lots of talks out there about Columbus. Um, still mentioned that Philadelphia got a little, got pretty far along the lines with them. Nashville, um, Nashville, possibly maybe Carolina with the Finn, with the Finn connection. It dep- Yeah. And it really depends, I guess, what they're getting back. But what are your thoughts, Kevin? Do you think it's possible? Well, uh, I can tell you no for Carolina for sure. Right. Um, but the, uh, uh, I think they are going to try to trade them. Um, yeah. just because I think they think his ask is going to be too high. And they, you know, his value is never going to be higher than it is now. 
you know, the, the people they're talking about are elite prospects that are coming back the other way. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, you know, this is a, if you're going to move them, you know, now's the time to do it. Um, but, but, you know, the problem is, is some of the teams you've mentioned don't have a good fit. You know, the, the right. Nashville Predators, that would be a great pickup for them, exactly what they need uh, to give their uh, top six forward group a big, but they, they don't have any good prospects. Right. Um, you know, uh, so at least not elite enough to sort of make that trade. I, I think my personal thought is, is that the best, uh, scenario would be for him to end up in Columbus, but that's going to have to wait. They've got to get Dubois signed first because they're concerned about the raid uh, yeah. that they face uh, on an offer sheet. Well, so once they get him signed, then that's a possibility. See, Cap, it, it was funny because uh, I, I, Pierre Lebrun yesterday was he, apparently he talked to Line's agent, and while his agent didn't say he wants a trade, he essentially said. I think, you know, it's probably better off if the two parties, you know, find 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 a solution to this, which, which basically means he's not going to, you know, he's going to probably want more than what Blake Wheeler is making right now, which I think is a little over $8 million. And they're not going to spend that kind of money on another winger after they're paying, you know, Wheelers and Wheeler and and uh, Kyle Connor. They're not going to spend that kind of money. And maybe, maybe Line A just doesn't want to stay in Winnipeg. Yeah, so, I mean, that doesn't mean know. they'll be able to trade them though. That's the funny thing. I mean, they're trying. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think Columbus and Philly have probably the best prospects fits for them. But you know, yeah, I would it, agree. For the Flyers to do it, it it's going to take it's going to take a major gut check for them to make that move because they're going to have to pull. They're going to have to trade somebody they definitely don't want to trade. Yeah, there's no player question. Who like Travis Konechny will, will be yeah. a guy in that trade. Yeah, for a player who's very one dimensional and probably a defenseman on top of it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and again, it's going to come down to for Philadelphia again. How you know how much do you does? And I had this discussion on an, on a on a podcast over the weekend about and and the other hosted Art was kind of saying why why wouldn't you want you know Patrick Line over Travis Konechny? And the thing that the matter is, you call you have call certainty with Travis Konechny, right? Uh, right. He's your leading scorer, and I feel that if you are, I mean. There's, there, there are a lot of things about that Patrick Laine does that are fantastic, but there are, but he is, you know, an up and down and consistent player at times. And that's something that I see. I'd be very curious to see how that would work out with, with Elaine Vigneault and, and his staff, which no. tends to be a lot harder. That's a good question, Kev. You can answer this one too. I um, think the reason Nashville has been quiet so far is they're trying to make a trade for a forward instead of getting involved in free agency. I, I think they poked their nose in at the, the free agents. I don't know why they were unable to get it done. Uh, you know, they they cleared space with the idea that they were going to try to help their six, uh, you know, their top six forward group. Um, I think they need two forwards in there. Yeah. To to be honest with you, I mean, you know, they they walked away from Smith and Granlin. Those guys, both of those guys, were playing in their top six. Top six wasn't very good. Uh, neither Johansson and Duchesne uh, played very well last season. They tried to see what if they could move either one of those. It didn't happen. Yeah, I don't, I don't like. I think the Predators are in a bad place right now. Um, Kat, yeah, Kev, let me let me ask this because it's been talked about the last seventy two hours, and you know I'm a little skeptical of it, but there's clearly been contact between the Leafs and Joe Thornton. Uh, Thornton playing over with Davos in the Swiss League. Apparently, Kyle Dubas, Sheldon Keefe, and half the team have called him saying, we want you in Toronto. 
Um, Patrick Marlowe came out in an interview and basically says he taught, he's talked to Thornton and sort of warned him off on changing cities, which I, I think might be uh, a little bit of a you know bitterness toward the fact that the Leafs bought him out of the final or traded him to Carolina to buy out the final year of the contract. But they're really, there's really a full court press on to get Thornton in there. Uh, to be sort of a, a, a leader and uh, you know a guy in the locker room and somebody who can help them in their bottom six. What, what do you think of that fit? Well, it's funny. I just had this debate yesterday on a different podcast. It was me and Bob Duff, and Bob Duff hated the idea, uh, and I love the idea. And the reason I love the idea is we all know what Joe Thornton's all about. Right. Um, you know, he's a tremendous guy in the dressing room. Um, you know, he's just good to have around, whether you're winning or losing. Uh, he seems to always know what to say. Um, you know, guys respect him and love him. And he's still a great passer. He now, really the, the argument would be, well, but the, uh, the Leafs don't need any more offense. Well, you can never have too many great offensive guys because yeah. of injuries and everything else. And I, I realize he's lost a step, step and a half. But, you know, he could still play and he can still contribute. Um, but the argument against, and the one that Bob made, and I think this is fair, you know, they have Spezza in that role. Can they afford to have two guys in that role? And I, I think that's a fair argument. But, you know, if it's not going to cost you a lot of money, right. you've still got to fill those 23 roster spots. Right. And if he's willing to come here for a million bucks or 900000 or whatever it is, mm-hmm. I think your team is better to have Joe Thornton than, than not have him. Yeah, and, Spe- and Spezza played – the wing half the time last year played the right side and you know they could play Thornton on the at center they could play him on the left wing because he's played some wing with the with, with San Jose as well so I mean there's some flexibility there and we don't know the, the one point that I, I heard on the on the radio this morning is we don't know what the schedule is going to be like we don't know you know if it's going to be 50 games or 60 games and when the season is going to start and if there are games or weeks when you're playing four games and five nights the more good players you can have, and maybe older players, you know, play one game and rest another game, the the better you're going to be. So I mean, it might be. Well, but you, you do. You're slowing down your bottom six a lot, though. You already added Simmons. You're adding Thornton. Spencer was never the greatest skater to begin with. Like you're starting to get slow on the bottom six, though, Mike. Yeah, yeah but- you, you you are, but. You know, Simmons. Like I, I I didn't see that as a good fit. Like I didn't like that signing. Um, you know, for them. So, um, well, I mean, he, he, and it'll be yet to be proven, but he says after recovering from all of his injuries that he's back up in terms of his speed. I mean, he was slowing down in Philadelphia. We know that in Nashville, he didn't play well. And in Jersey, they traded him to Buffalo and in Buffalo, he was hardly noticeable, but you know, he's been off since last March. So think about that, Mike, though. And I think Russ and Anthony will back me up on this. Wayne Simmons has never been about his speed. Like what yeah. makes Simmons what makes Simmons good is his quickness with his hands. Like his hands are crazy quick and tight. And that I don't think no matter how much you work out, no matter what you do, I think that does just necessarily go on your on players. You but know? he like, used to be able to get to the net quickly. He yeah. doesn't get there quickly to get to those spots, and that's when his hands. Otherwise, if he's completely isolated, the hands aren't going to do him much good. He's yeah. got to be in position, in tight. Um, usually his, his, his best spot is usually he likes the right, be by the right post. 
Yeah, it de- it depends on it depends on where they slot him, and 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 honestly, Kev, I think I think the 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 sort of double secret signing, the one that's going to be the, the best one of them all, is Jimmy VC at nine hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, that's a good, that was a fantastic signing. Yeah, no, I I agree because you know those are guys you got to have around. Uh, you know, he knows where the net is. Um, you got to have you know you got to fill those rosters with someone and I'd rather yeah. have a guy who's shown he can score a few goals. Yeah. And we don't Thornton's case, um, you know, pass the puck as well as he does. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Thornton's positioning and puck and puck movement is, was great with San Jose all the way to the end. Um, Patrick Marlowe, do we think he's going to, he signed, he signed with San Jose. He signed you? with San Jose. Yeah. With San Jose. I'm, I'm obviously going for the record, right? Like the sure. record of games played. Yeah. 45, I, mean, I guess I think he's left. He's got left, right? 45. Yeah, it's a, bizarre, it's a bizarre player to have gotten that record when I look back on his career. Like, it, you know, it's just, I don't know. I never expected well, it. Well, it is a bizarre because, you know, he was the youngest player ever to play. Right. Uh, you know, he was, you know, 18. He stepped right into the league. and yeah. That's true. You know, <laughs> I, I think. I think maybe what Eck means, because I would say this part took me by surprise, he was on that team for so long where maybe when he was starting to fail a little bit in other markets, he would have started to get games cut or whatever. But in San Jose, they just kept trotting him out there the same way. And he produced. He always produced, but he slowed down a little bit. In other markets, they may not have played him as many games. And Russ, he when he went to Toronto, he was basically the guy that Babcock begged them to get. So he the last thing that Babcock was going to do is sit the guy that he begged Lou Lamorello right. to get for him. Right. So right. So do we see this? The um this Montreal Canadiens um today. I want to talk about this loaning um Kukaniemi. Yeah, yeah they're, they're loaning to the SM Liga so he can come back when he can the come back. Yeah, yeah. right. The, right. The, the issue the issue was is like the players like for example Valeno with the with the Red Wings. Valeno's there for the rest of the season. The SHL will not right. allow players to leave and come back. Right. So going to going to Finland, going to the KHL, going to Germany or Switzerland, they can come back. But Sweden, right. it's, if it's if it's the the SHL, Sweden and the KHL. I don't know. I think the KHL, though, if they have an agreement with the player, they can come back. Risky okay. at all? I mean, best play. I mean, the, we're, we're not that far away from the NHL season here. It's not like we're like we're far away. Yeah, we're really far away. Still needs to. I think he still needs. If they have the opportunity, this isn't around the corner. If they have an opportunity to keep him going, it's he's not unlike many of the prospects I think that are going over there. Yeah, yeah. Aren't we the same amount of time away from the start of the season as we are when we signed in July 1st? Yeah, well, I really think are. this is an imaginary start, though, Kev, because this start keeps getting pushed back little well, increments in little increments. Well, I, I, I don't think anybody's confident. You you need to, it's gotten moved up since the I heard. I heard it was going to be January 17th, January 17th, January, and well, suddenly it was January behind 1st. Behind the scenes, I okay. can tell you, like, right in, in a place that I spoke to in another city, they're gearing up to have their rink ready by February first. Well, so, as an example, I want well, to ask you about this, Kev. It was the the, the, Bill, the Bill Foley comments that that he made on the, the Vegas radio station. He was in, in, intimating that you know first it was going to be a February first start. You know, he said fifty five to sixty games, an all Canadian division. I can tell you right now that the Canadian teams will not be happy if it's an all Canadian division because then you're limiting. You know, you could have six playoff teams if they if they just went with the same six Canadian playoff teams if you went with a normal setup. If you if you have a Canadian division, there'll only be four playoff teams. They're not going to be happy about. Yeah, we don't know how. Well, I tell you, they will be happy if they're the only teams that have uh, fans at <laughs> the building. <laughs> exactly. That's true. 
And that, I mean, my friend, that, my friend, is what this is about. Yes. And I got nothing to do with competition. This is necessity. It's pure necessity. I mean, well, Melnick, said, Melnick says he wants six, he's going to have 6,000 people in the building. And then he made a joke, says, well, that's more people than we usually have. Yeah. Well, you know, if, if Canada's uh, um, COVID situation is better than the USA's, I guarantee we're going to see an all Canadian division. Well, I can tell you, it's, worse. Worse. it's growing and it's not. And, yeah. and, and actually, the OHL's starting to get affected by it too. So, well, let's see what where we're at. You yeah, know. yeah, yeah. I, I have a weird feeling, Kev, that the outlook of the Canada-U.S. border may change on November fourth. Yeah, it could. Yeah, for sure. Be that quick, Mike. We might still be counting votes. No, 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 no. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying. I'm saying oh, we call it Oh boy. When hanging Chad. You know, okay, wait a minute. Here's let's have a poll here of our panelists because this is very important. Sure. Which yeah. will we? Which will happen first? Will we start the NHL season or will we finish the counting of the presidential election? <laughs> the election. The election. We will finish. We will start the NHL season, but we will have a. We will. We will. We will have a president name before we start that even though the votes will still not be finished counting but the votes will just be so far out of out of control that it will we're gonna have such a landslide victory that it's not gonna matter yeah <laughs> unfortunately the current president will probably not show up for the inauguration he'll probably leave for the miralago before uh we don't want to get political because people are going to say they're never going to watch hockey again we don't want that so yeah, yeah, yeah. let's go back to this um Thing. Uh, the, the, I did see the Car finally the Carolina Hurricanes made a signing, made three signings today. Do you see this? Yeah, I saw one of them. Yeah. Um, yes, they signed three guys today, and I just lost my notes here, which is Jeremy right Brock. Jeremy Brock was one of them, right? Right. Good Brock signing. Yeah, and, 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 and I, I wrote about this a little bit in my in my blog act. It's like, I mean, um, you know, I mean, I, I understand sometimes players fall through the cracks. In this instance, a player didn't fall through the cracks. No. This is a player who the Leafs drafted in the second round, who two years ago led, was second in the AHL in scoring, was led the team in playoff scoring. He didn't make it because he was more of a top six forward type in terms of he's not strong defensively, but he's really good offensively. And they had Kapanen, Nylander, and Marner, so they had no room for him. And instead, and you know, we I we still don't know what his off the ice issues were this year. But if you look at his stats this year, he scored thirty four points in forty four games. This yeah. is this could be a really good signing for for Carolina. I like it for them. Yeah, he'll probably start yeah. out in Charlotte, but if they have an injury, he gets he may get a chance. And I wouldn't doubt that he's going to have a decent NHL career. Yeah, well, they said so. It was Bracco, and um, also they signed. Um, David Gust and Sheldon Rempel. For one yeah, I don't know. I don't know who David Gust is. He's a 26-year-old free agent. Yeah, I'm not real familiar with him. Yeah, either. not familiar either. But um, yep. So there you have a it. A lot of teams are signing AHL guys now. Yeah, you know, the Rangers signed Darren Radish, Taylor's brother, and Gabriel Fontaine. Yeah, I yeah. mean those are guys for the, the team. My puppy. I'll be right back. Before yeah, we get either out. AHL or the taxi squad. Again, we may end up having these big taxi squads like Major League right. Baseball had. And a guy like Brocco would be sitting on the taxi squad waiting for an injury, and that could be his biggest break, actually. Well, the Kings just signed Quentin Byfield yeah, and we had, on on the well, yeah, the three-year ELC and on, on the heels of Lafreniere signing his deal. I mean, they're both going to get the, the full bonuses. So oh, sure. Yeah. There's, there's another team, Kev. Uh, Los Angeles really hasn't done much. No, nor no, should they. You know, they're still – 
you know, starting to prepare for their rebuild. And, um, you know, they're going to do it the tricky way, uh, which is, you know, they're not going to strip it down to the chassis, you know, because they've got Dowdy and they've got the Kopitar. So they're going to try to change it on the fly. That often fails. um, So we're going to have to see what, what happens there. Well, I, I wanted one more one more team I wanted to ask you, and we debated about this about this team earlier in the week. It's the Islanders because the Barzil situation is fascinating. They essentially gave away Devin Taves because they yeah, couldn't they they could afford to pay, pay him. So they have they have Barzil, they have Pulak, and they're support supposedly shopping. Johnny Boychuk and Leo Komarov to clear cap space. I say good luck to that because nobody's no, no takers. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I don't know what Lou does unless he forces Barzil into a bridge deal. Well, we've already seen what he had to do. Like I, you know, yeah. how honest, you know, can you be? Then Lou Lam- Lou Lamarillo of all people coming out and saying, you know, I I was I didn't want to trade him, you know, <laughs> yeah, but I but I had to, you know, that was that yeah. was like that was. Uh, that was just terrific. You right. know, this hear that. is Stella. Oh, Stella's a nine-month-old corgi. Nice ears. Yeah, yep. yep. she's got the big ears. Um, Those are seven forty-seven ears. That's <laughs> you get Canadian satellite. We're joking on here, um, but yeah, she's a she's a really good, really good little dog. Honestly, she's been great. So until she starts barking. Oh, she will. You know, she does. It is like having a child again. It is getting up in the middle of the night. And so, but is she going to predict games and scores and such? We'll see. We'll see what she does. Hopefully, with any luck at all. all um, right. I want to thank everybody for watching this week, and every and everybody for all the great panel we had. We had this is like the dream team panel today, um, and we will. Um, yeah, right. All right, <laughs> we'll be back. We'll be back again on Monday. Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.